Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Fun Again Games. And welcome everybody, and welcome back, Ruel. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for um, the welcome back. It is great to be back. Um, I am doing much better, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, I'm still, you know, I've got health issues that I'm uh, dealing with, I'm, but I'm on the mend and I'm better. And um, I'm very grateful for the fact that we can spend some time together and talk some uh, games today. You are on the mend and on the road, am I correct? That is correct, yeah. So, folks, this is not my normal studio <laughs> setup. I am on the road again um, as the old, uh, there's a Willie Nelson song. Did I just reference Willie Nelson? Yes, I did. On the road yes, again. Yes, there you go. Uh, this, time, <laughs> this time, not in Florida, but I'm here in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada. Actually, this is almost like a preview of uh, next March, folks. Yeah. Vice Tower West coming up in uh, March uh, 2nd through 5th. Um, we'll be back in Vegas. But right now, I'm here just uh, spending some time uh, uh, during the holidays, uh, visiting some family, hanging out, um, and hanging out in the room. Not in front of my shelf uh, wall of games, but I did. Ha- I do have a bag full of games in the other room, and we're going to be playing them for the next couple of days. Well, then we got to get to work so you can get to playing games. And we will just enjoy the strange, mysterious painting that you have framed your head with. Nobody knows what it is. It's a mystery. It's a bunch of colors, folks. Hold on a second. Move your head. Um, Folks, if you could mention um, down in the comments below, does anybody recognize this painting that just happens to be on the wall in Royal's Airbnb? Inquiring minds want to know. I'm sure I would like to know before he leaves. Um, I would love to know. I have no idea what it is. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Well, this week, folks, we are going to be doing a countdown of games that we would rush right out and buy because we are board game junkies and we are always chasing our latest fix. since our sponsor this week is Fun Again Games, we spent uh, the last few hours before we went live looking through their catalog to see what really jumped out at us right now. And uh, we're going to be doing that countdown, uh, and maybe we'll point out a couple games maybe you haven't heard of that might catch your interest as well. And if so, you might be in luck, folks, because our sponsor, Fun Again Games, is making a donation uh, in the form of a contest. One lucky winner will get a $50 gift certificate to be spent at the Fun Again game store. And so, uh, you might be wondering, well, I would like $50 for free to buy games. How do I win? Great question. So, sometime during the show, we're going to be saying, uh, I'm going to give you all the magic word, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's up to y'all to figure out, to listen for it, and then type in the name of the game that one of us are talking about during that time when the magic word is uh, spoken. And then you're going to enter the name of the game into an email to an email at um, contest at rado.com. And that's how you'll be entered to uh, into the raffle to win um, the $50 gift card from our friends at Fun Again Games. Correct. So what is the magic word today? The magic word today, folks, is bat. As in um, baseball bat or as in vampire bat or whatever it might be. Not bad. Or Whoever, yeah, whichever one is going to say it is going to try to be clear and articulate that. Um, don't, don't, no false pause in case one of us says, oh, this game is bad, because we were listening for the word bat. 
That's right. Um, B-A-T, folks, as in Bumblebee Bat, the smallest mammal on Earth, Bumblebee Bat, um, also Batman. Yes, so, um, um, uh, two, two very, very different uses of the word. Okay, so Azrael says, one of us is going to say it. When you hear it, make a note of whatever game we were talking about at that point, because as it says at the bottom of the screen, you mail that as your subject. Um, you know, if the game we were talking about was uh, Roll for the Galaxy, you would put Roll for the Galaxy in the title. And uh, instead of the word bat, which is what a lot of people do. And uh, next week, we'll do a... You, you have to... Until... What day? Until the new year. You have until the 4th of January, 2022, to figure out what game it was. Email that to contest at rotto.com and enter. And we'll do, a, we'll do a drawing on the morning of the 4th. Right. Wow. I think right. that is it. And if so, we are ready to start talking about the top 10 games we'd buy right now. Are you yeah. ready to go, Ruel? I'm ready to rock and roll, so I'm going to update the thing here. So, folks, these are the top 10 games we've got right now. Um, and I'm going to put my name or my game here. My number 10 okay. is Star Realms The Box Set. Okay. Okay. This now this uh, my list is uh, going to be a mix of old and new. Star Realms is a classic uh, deck building game. This one is a big favorite of mine. It is uh, probably one of the games that I've gifted the most uh, because I think it's a wonderful introduction to deck building. Um, but the thing is, when I usually gift it, it was like the old school, uh, like fifteen dollar deck. It was just like literally just uh, for two players, right? And it was just a, a deck of cards, basically. But now with this new version, which I'm excited about, it's a box set. So you can play up to four players. It's got a board, sort of like if you uh, remember the game Ascension. You have a board where you can lay out all the cards. It's mm -hmm. really, uh, really neat, a neat way to organize things. And then this also plays up to four players. So you get all four in one. And then, Rado, I think you'd be interested in this. It also comes with two different variants. Oh. A, um, it comes with a cooperative variant that you can play and a oh, solo yes. variant as well. Now, I've gotten the opportunity to play the cooperative variant. It's very, very good. Um, you're still playing standard uh, uh, Star Realms. You know, you're building uh, your fleet. Uh, your ships have currency. They also have uh, combat. You're using those to blow up the other sh the enemy ships. But now with the, the cooperative version, you're actually fighting like a boss monster. And they have different uh, ways cool. that you have to, you know, you have to take their health down to zero and so forth. I think this is the way, and this is the reason why I'm excited about it. This is the one I will be gifting from now on. Because I think this is the perfect entry point for Star Realms. Because it has the base set, but then it also includes those uh, solo and cooperative uh, versions as well. Uh, and they're oversized as well. So it's not just like a little card uh, for the cooperative version. It's like oversized card, so it's easy to read. Everyone on the table can see it. Comes with the board. Comes with all kinds of great stuff. That's my number 10. It is the Star Realms box set. Well, okay, I have to admit, I was going to be tuning out for that entire entry, I'll be honest, because, uh, yeah, I mean, Star Realms, I, I, don't get me wrong, it's a brilliant design. I totally understand why it is so... Um, Universally adored, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, I yeah. mean, and you know, there's there's tournaments for it uh, that are going yeah. all the time. Uh, so I, I yeah. totally get it. But I I've always felt it's just a little too light. Uh, you know, I mean, Jen and I we've tried it. We've also tried the fantasy version, which didn't really uh, you know capture our imagination at all. So it's yeah. just it's just uh, always been. But you you've caught my attention. I mean, with the uh, what do you call it the the solo, but more importantly with the co-op. And you are saying you have played it. 
and it rocks or it slaps as the kids say i, I think as the kids say it's do the kids still say that i don't know do um, they the, the i just say, did maybe, on behalf of all yeah. kids you did yeah slap and you know i'll throw in hey it was lit there you go there's a there's a word that i have no idea what it means um but yeah it's a, it's a lot of fun and i think uh it's the perfect again it's a more of an entry level game yeah. as far as deck building so this is the type of thing that you gift um, that you gift uh, during the holidays and so forth, but also it does it does have a, the pedigree behind it. The designers, uh, Rob Doherty and I think it's Darwin Castle. These are former Magic yeah. the Gathering professionals. Yeah, so, world class. You know, they, yeah, they 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 are Hall of Fame uh, players and designers now. Uh, so they have um, you know the the design pedigrees uh, out of this world, and um, I've always enjoyed it. Again, uh, this is particular version is going to be a little lighter, but you know what. As you get into the game, there are promos, there are expansions that really level it up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. So that's take true. a look at that. Yeah. All right. So there uh, it is. And, uh, and if you're, if you're thinking, if you ever thought about starting it, this is the way to start it with this box. Absolutely. 100%. Perfect. Yep. All right. Well, then let's move on to my number nine for the king and me. And I have to admit, I barely knew of the existence of this game like two weeks ago. I had no idea it was coming out, but um, I, I stumbled across it when I was doing my uh, Game of the Year list and all that. And I was looking, what games have I missed for the year? And then uh, when I saw it was for sale uh, at what? Uh, 20% off, 19% off. I knew this would have to go on my list because I would totally rush right out and get this right now. Uh, now, I don't know, Ruel, if you have ever played Biblios. I have played Biblios. I enjoy Biblios a great deal. Biblios is a fantastic, phenomenal game. Quite frankly, one yeah. of the best modern Euro-style designer card games of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. um, for the King and Me is a 2.0 of Biblios. It is from designer Ooh. Steve Finn. It is from publisher Yellow, the you know the, the the team that brought us Biblios all those years ago. And they've gone back. They've completely changed the, oh, everybody's running a monastery trying to create a great library. Now everybody is in an imperial court trying to impress the king by doing all kinds of tasks and being the best at it. But you know, the theme is secondary to this game. At its heart, this is got one of the most clever card drafting systems of all time. Because uh, in both Biblios, and now in For the King and Me, on your turn, you are going to draw a number of cards. You draw a card from the deck. You have to decide, am I going to keep this card for myself? Am I going to put it in a pool that my opponents can get? Or am I going to put it in an auction pile that will be bid on later? And once I make that decision, oh, this is an awesome card, but I don't need this card. Do If I put it in the pool, though, somebody else might get it later in the auction. Do I put it over there with one of my opponents getting it? No, I guess I'll take it for myself. And then you draw another card. And then you look at that and like, oh, that's the card I wanted! But I've already taken a card for myself, so now I have to take this other card and either put it in the pool for the auction later or give it to one of my opponents. And you, every round you do this, uh, you have to draw multiple cards depending on how many players there are. And it is just the most wonderful tension-inducing thing because um, the cards you're grabbing are things that will let you bid well in the auction. They are things that um, let you do set collection because you're trying to get the most of, of certain tasks that you're trying to do to impress the king. And there are also cards that let you change the, the perceived value of how good those tasks are. If I'm really rocking dip diplomacy tasks, I want to invest and make those worth more in the eyes of the king. Whereas if I'm terrible at diplomacy and Ruel's really good at it, I want to grab those cards that let me make diplomacy a useless skill. So every round in the first half of the game, you're trying to grab these cards or at the very least, keep them away from your opponent. But there's no worse feeling. Okay, I've taken one for myself. 
Okay, because it was good. Oh, and I've taken... This one's really good, too! I'll put it in the pool so that the, my, my opponents can't get it, and then I draw the third card, and that's better than any of them, and I have no choice but to give it to my opponents. It's awesome. There's one more nice. thing that For the King does. Uh, you know, while keeping the core gameplay alive, it increases the player count, so now you can play five players, which you were not able to do with Biblios. So that's right. a pretty big deal. Biblios is phenomenal. I, I have successfully paid Biblios um, with complete and total novices. It's a great gateway, but it's still really, really deep, really fun. And I gotta say, the thing I appreciate most about For the King and Me at this point, it's got a stronger theme that just makes more sense. Uh, you know, the fact, oh, we're trying to get better at tasks. Tasks are no longer a favored thing. It, it actually feels like you're doing something as opposed to just kind of doing this arbitrary, abstract card drafting. And I really yeah. appreciate that too, which is why it made my number nine uh, For the King and Me. What a great choice. I have I had no idea about this game. So you just introduced mm-hmm. introduced me to a brand new game and I know Biblios. I've enjoyed it many, many times in the past. So this is definitely now on my radar. Great choice. Yeah. Okay. Well then what is your uh number eight? My number eight, um is from Thunderworks Games. It's a game called Cape May. Uh, this okay. is a new one uh, from Thunderworks. I had the pleasure of seeing a very early uh, prototype of this over at uh, Gen Con a couple of months ago, uh, thanks to Tim over there at uh, Thunderworks for showing me and taking me through the game. This is a city-building game, and uh, we're, you know, players, you're all entrepreneurs developing a property, you know, building wealth and so forth. It's a card-driven game, and it's area-majority scoring. So if, it's, if area-majority scoring is not your jam, this might, might not be for you, but I know this is my type of game. Uh, you're, you start with cottages, you develop it into houses, and you go bring those into historical landmarks. Uh, you're, you're creating shops that are going to eventually, you know, become eventual uh, profitable businesses, earn you income, and you're going to move around the city as well, trying to, you know, use your activity cards, uh, trying to figure out, okay, where do I want to do this? Can I complete this bonus goal before so and so does? Um, this checks off all the marks of a game that I like. Um, it plays in about, I think, 90 minutes to two hours. So it's not really a light game, a lightish mm. game, but I think it's one of those games, uh, again, on first glance, where I feel like it's uh, going to be easy to learn, but there's going to be that nice depth of strategy that you may not see at first uh, as you're building. When I saw the, uh, the prototype for this, and it was, close, it, was, it was still a prototype, but it was close to final production, the little minis, the houses and everything look fantastic. Ah. It's got this really killer table presence just absolutely gorgeous so you're building up cape may this is in uh, i believe new jersey so it's like that eastern seaboard uh type city it actually remind me a little bit of uh embarcadero whereas okay. that was like the west coast um building that um uh that you're uh building up there this is the east coast version of except without all the shipping containers and stuff but um this is another game that i i really looking forward to and that's cape may from thunderworks games cool hey i'm looking at the board right now can you tell me um that circle up in the top left. Is this a Rondell-based game? Um, oh, the circle? Oh, you know what? I don't... Gosh. No, I know I, you're... I, it's been a while. You just remember liking it when you saw the demo. Yeah. I. Gosh, was that a Rondell? I, it might have been a resource tracker. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Because I know it was it was driven it was uh, heavily driven by the movement the movement that you do so maybe it, it is work oh folks now we got to take a closer look at this I wish I would have uh, <laughs> taken a little closer look at this before we jumped on here well you didn't know um, I was going to give you the uh, the cross examination third degree yeah, you, you totally jumped yeah you, you're, I've heard oh, good things about this game I just yes. I, and I saw it and I thought about putting it on my list but I just realized I didn't know enough about it so but yeah, I mean you played it and you really so. dug it as, in prototype form. Yes, yes. And just going through the sample turn, like, I, I remember um, uh, we, they mentioned it was a pretty tight game as far as I think it's a total of maybe 
16 turns uh, mm-hmm, total. Mm-hmm. So oh, you really I see. got to be efficient. Yeah, you got to yeah, be yeah, really yeah. efficient in your use of uh, resources and um, where you're going to allocate um, what majority is you're going for. One of those uh, really classic, I, I always love these type of games. Like you want to do all the stuff, but you only have a very limited set of actions that you can do. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love that in the game. So yeah, that's my number uh, eight is uh, Cape May from Thunderworks Games. Okay, well, uh, it sounds great. And like I said, I've been really interested in it in quite a while. Uh and yeah, if, if that's a Rondell thing, I mean, I, I, Rondells are one of my favorite mechanisms of all time, yeah. quite frankly. I mean, I just love them to bits and bobs. All right. But anyway, so that was your number eight. So we're on to my number seven, correct? I'm losing track already. Yeah? <laughs> yes. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, then my number seven is PAX. P-A-X, oh. PAX. Now, I don't know if you played this. This is an older game. And in fact, I did not find it in the new releases. I found it in their um, blowout liquidation section. Or maybe it was their, um, oh, their uh, uh, hard-to-find games. But when I saw, oh. it was 50% off. And you could get this game for $14.99. And I gotta say, this game is fantastic. And I figured I had to put it on the list because everything I just said about um, Biblios pretty much applies to this game. This is Gamer's Biblios, quite frankly. It's a a card game. It's driven by the same core idea that every round you are going to have to draw one at a time, a series of cards, keep one for yourself, put um, one out in a pool that other players can grab from. Although in this game, you could also grab from it as well, if the timing is right. Or basically dump it and remove it from the short-term game. And that decision is brilliant in Biblios. It's brilliant here. In this game, though, we are all members of the slave revolt led by Spartacus in ancient Rome. And we're all different factions, and we are trying to do the best to gather all the resources we need, get soldiers on our side, get military equipment, get the support of the Senate, get money, get merchants on our side. That's what all these cards represent. As we're collecting more and more of them, we are getting stronger and stronger because this is a competitive game. Even though we all have the shared goal of overthrowing Rome, um, we still want to be... We we want to get the... uh, the attaboy from Spartacus himself at the end of the game by doing the best job. Here's the interesting thing about this game and why Jen and I really dug it. Rome is an active participant, is a competitor in this game. Uh, because if you're playing, if you and I are playing this game, there's a third player called Rome. Because after the end of a round, after everybody does all that heartbreaking d- drafting the cards and putting them out, Rome gets to come along and just grab the biggest pool of cards that's still around because they have infinite money. And so over the course of the game, they are slowly amassing a gigantic army, all the land they need to hold the army, a fleet, all these other kinds of things. And it's incumbent on us. At the end of the game, we are judged on, I think there's like six different types of cards. Uh, control of the merchants, control the Senate, military, stuff like that. And we have to beat Rome in four of those six categories as a group. If I beat him in three and you beat him in one, then Rome is down, uh, the slaves' revolt is successful, and one of us is, uh, you know, is crowned the winner of the game. Here's the thing, though, Ruel. If you and I are playing, and I'm doing my best to take down Rome, and you're thinking, you know what? 
I don't think we can beat Rome. I think Rome is going to win. You can draft for certain cards that basically are called intrigue cards. Because at the end of the game, if Rome is not defeated, if as a group we did not do enough to overthrow Rome, whoever had the most intrigue wins the game. So, it's a trader game. It turns Biblios Ah. into a resource management, um, semi-cooperative trader game that has so much going on. It is really deep, incredibly rich. Uh, Jen and I, we we played it quite a bit back in the day, and um, when I saw it here for such a low price, it just seemed like such a no-brainer. You know, I mean, if Biblios you get as a really wonderful gateway game. Pax you get because you love the idea of the gameplay of Biblios, but you want a really rich, heavy game with lots of extra stuff managing money, all kinds of things. And um, yeah, it's a very impressive game from designer Bernd Eisenstein, who also designed Pelephanes, which is in my top 10 favorite games of all time. So no surprise I'm going to like this. But yeah, PAX, it it came out, uh, gosh, like 2012. It got a reprint back in 2019. I'm assuming this is, you know, copies of the reprint. And um, yeah, just talking about it makes me want to play it again. My number seven, PAX. Wow, nice. I have uh, never played the game, but I've seen it um, over the years, and just for whatever reason, I'm just never, I've never been there uh, when this played, but n- now hearing all that, I'm like, okay, this has got me intrigued. The Biblios, the heavier, or uh, Gamer's Biblios, yeah. I, I'm all over that. That sounds wonderful. Awesome. Okay, let's get ready for, I'm moving on to my number six. Your number six, now. okay. Okay, let me... Uh, I am ready to type. Up. Okay, uh, number six is Imperial Steam. Ah, oh, I see. This, yes. This one, I'm, I'm going, okay, I'm going to be honest, this game, I'm strictly going on my gaming group. Um, you know, now we're, we're getting back together again. Um, I have not been back uh, for about a few weeks now with my main, uh, my uh, buddies here, but they've been playing a heck of a lot of Imperial Steam. Nugget Without you? Without me. Believe that? I mean, you know, the holidays and everything, but, yeah. um, and scheduling and stuff like that. But, um, the reason why I'm so hyped about this, it's got one big comparison people to compare it to Brass Birmingham, which I absolutely mm-hmm. adore, mm-hmm. Uh, love. I think it's a, it's one of my top 10 games of all time uh, where you're you know building up industry during the industrial age. Um, the uh, industry is booming. You have all these different types of things. Uh, what you're doing, though, is uh, building a railway network and you need to you know move your goods. Um, you know, pick up and deliver, but at the same time, you need to watch your stock shares. Mm. You know, you're trying to, when are you going to sell your stock in your, you know, companies to investors to, you know, get that influx of cash. Uh, you're trying to uh, balance that. You know, it's, a, it's an economic game, which I'm going to, uh, I'll be the first to admit, I'm terrible at these type of games. I mean, Brass Birmingham, as much <laughs> as I love it, I've probably won the game like twice out of a couple of dozen times, but I always enjoy the experience. Uh, maybe because I'm, I'm so bad at it, I, I really enjoy the challenge of it, uh, right? And this one, from what I understand, it's similar to Brass, but uh, people in, uh, seem to uh, be enjoying the economic part of this game a little more mm-hmm. with uh, selling shares, uh, investments, and stuff like that, whereas Brass didn't really have that. Uh, that was a lot more heavy on the pick up and deliver aspect yeah. of, of the uh, Which this game does as well. It definitely has yes. that. I can tell yeah. you, I have played this game. And oh, you have? Oh, yes. I did not know that. It is terrifying. How I'm not gonna, oh. it's not overly heavy. I, it's interesting you draw a compare. It hadn't occurred to me, but yeah, it's kind of in the same brass area. Um, right. 
here's the thing. Here's, here, first of all, I got to say, probably the coolest thing about this game, you mentioned it, is the way the stock system works. Because yep. um, there are certain things you can do to get more investors in your in your own um, you know, shipping company. You're in, and you yeah. need those investors to make the money, to lay the track, to build the factories, to produce the goods, to ship to the cities, to get the points, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but when these investors come in, one of the actions you can do is sell to them. And then you can get a huge influx of cash. And money is so tight in this game. So skin flint tight. It's incredible. But what happens is you say, oh, great. Thanks, investor. And in another game, oh, they just go away. You know, they they got their portion of the company, whatever. Here's the deal. Every time you sell to your investors, who are a resource you have to kind of get in the first place, you have to get them on board. And then you sell shares to them. You get that money. And then you put them in this little special place on your board. And at the end of the game, every investor that's in that little ring takes 10% of your profits at the end of the game. And money is points in this game. So if you sold to 10 investors, at the end of the game, you will literally, no matter how much money you made, you'll get zero because they took 100%. And so every time, and you need to use these, but it is, and you need to use it early when they don't even give you very much money because your shares weren't, but you do that knowing that at the end of the game, oh my God, Am I going to give up? I'm already at 20% of my points I'm going to lose at the end of the game. Is it worth it to give up 30% of my final tally at the end of the game to get this influx of cash, to get this delivery to this city before you do? And chances are it is. But those yeah. are incredibly agonizing decisions. And another thing, I, I, when I say it's brutal. it's brutal, this game... If you make bad moves, it's all to me it almost feels like 18xx-ish. If you make bad moves in this game, the game will punish you. There's no soft safety net in this game. If you don't play smart, if you make ill-advised early moves, they can compound and destroy you. So yeah. you have to bring your A game. And so I worry for you a little bit when you said that you've had a hard time doing brass. Brass yeah. is more forgiving than this game. But yeah. it is a brilliant design. I'm sure uh, anybody who loves really heavy economic simulations, this has got to be in their top 10 of the year. Which is uh, funny you mentioned it. The, the, I, I'm thinking of the guys that have played, my, my friends in the game group that have played this, the ones that rave about that yeah. love it, they're all 18xx gamers. So, there you like, go. Okay, that, that makes sense. That I guarantee you, sense. the so. reason they want you to play with this with them is so that they yeah. can convert you to an 18xx. Or, look, you can handle it's, Imperial Steam. 18xx yeah. is just another 10%. It's no problem. That's... That's pretty much, I, I think I see what you're saying. I, I think I know their plan now, yeah. So that's, uh, that is my number six. That is Imperial Steam. Ah, uh, an excellent choice. I do not yeah. blame you at all. Well, okay then, let's talk about my, um, where are we now? We're at number five. Thank you, you just said that. My number five, this is the, this is kind of, I think, the second time this has appeared. You know, because we do this list monthly, Right, uh, where we, we just look at what's on fun again, what's going on, what what would we be interested in buying these days, and so I think this is like the sixth or seventh time we've done this, and I'm basically going to be talking about a sequel that I think I mentioned earlier in an earlier list. What am I talking about? Well, I'm trying to do a search for it, so I have it at the ready. Except I can't type to save my life and talk at the same time. I thought I was good at it, but I'm not. Let me try one more time. Hee hee! There we go. There we go. There we go. So many options. There it is. My number five, Ruel, and thank you for your patience and for the audience's patience, is Pandemic Hot Zone Europe. Wow. Yes. yes. Oh, um, fantastic. Yes. Now, yes. Our, our, okay, I, I believe, I don't need to just explain 
pandemic. If you're watching this, there's no way you don't know what pandemic is. So let's just skip over that. Pandemic Hot Zone is a new pandemic series that basically could have been called Pandemic Express because you can play, you can get a full or kind of a truncated hyperspeed version of the pandemic experience in 15 minutes or less at any player count. And that includes even setup and put down. Uh, it's, it's an incredible design feat what this game does. And uh, I, earlier in the year, uh, they had put out Pandemic Hot Zone North America, which had you playing pandemic only in North America trying to stop the of the disease. They've now released the sequel, or but it's a, it's a, you know a standalone pandemic hot zone Europe, and now we're running around Europe trying to stop the spread of disease. There's um, new things, uh, mutations. The first one, it had special events that could mess you up. This one had mutations. These are ideas that have appeared in other versions of Pandemic and expansions over the years. And again, it's a great game that lets you sit down and get a full Pandemic experience in 15 minutes. Here's why I'm talking about this today. It's not for Pandemic Hot Zone Europe. It's not for Pandemic Hot Zone North America. It's for Pandemic Hot Zone Hemispheres. Because if you pick up both of these games, and both of these games are available for $14.99, so you can get both of them for less than the cost of most board games today, you get a special way to play where it's a two-player-only game where I am in control of the North America map, and you, Ruel, are in control of the Europe map. And we both have a team of specialists who are running around trying to stop the spread of you know, the pandemics on our board, and um, even though we're playing almost two games in parallel, I've got my focus of the world, you've got your hemisphere you're focusing on, we can interact with each other. We can still do special powers. The dispatcher can still dispatch somebody, even if they're on the other side of the world. We can still share stuff, and um, we can actually leave our board and come over to the board of our teammates. And this, here's the deal. Um, I loved it. Uh, first time Jen and I played it, I thought this is really fantastic. A wonderful, fresh new way to play Pandemic. It kind of mixes the solo mode that you saw in Pandemic Fall of Rome, where you're controlling three characters, but you have one common set of cards, and then you have kind of a, a communal group of cards you can draw from. Everybody can draw from the communal group, the archive, it's called. It's in between both of our cards. We can put stuff in there to share with each other, even if we don't get to the same areas like normal. Um, so I really thought it was great. I was just the other day talking with my wife, Jen, um, about her favorite games of the month. Playing Hemispheres was her favorite game of the month, and it really shocked me when she said she thinks it's her favorite way to play Pandemic, period. Wow. Yes. Really? Uh, and honestly, wow. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. Those are strong okay. words. But Those the Hemispheres variant, words. which I should say, by the way, if you do pick up both of these, uh, you won't find the rules for it in the box for either of them. You have to go to Z-Man's website, and you can download and print out the rules. The rules are pretty straightforward, though. And um, it's it's brilliant. Because um, you know it's a version of Pandemic where you're controlling three characters at once, um, trying to fight. Because, okay, we got to cure all the pandemics on my board and your board. We have to cure the diseases six times. Times over the course of this game, um, you know, and uh, while while explosions are happening all over the place, and we are ju juggling our own individual group of specialists. You're not just one character; you're three characters. So it makes the game heavier than normal. Um, you know, a lot more stuff going on. Kind of likens to you know the later later play of Pandemic Legacy Zero when you get um you, in that game you can get really complex, super um, convoluted characters that do a lot of stuff. This game just gives that to you out of the bat. So um, nice. my number five is kind of a combo. It's Pandemic Hot Zone Europe plus Pandemic Hot Zone North America, which according I'm... to my wife is the best way to play Pandemic. 
I'm ecstatic right now hearing that you've already played. So, so Michelle and I, um, we have uh, both the North America and the Europe uh, pandemic hot zones. And I did download the rules from the, the website okay. for Hemispheres, but we have not played it yet. I was hoping to do it before the end of the year, but we're probably going to do it uh, started next year. But hearing what you just said about that, I am so fired up to try it now. That is great news. I can't wait to play it. It's going to be a blast. Cool. I'm, I'm, I hope you like it. Do you think you're going to stream yeah. it on your uh, Twitch channel? Uh, yeah, we'll probably uh, we'll probably stream it. So, folks, if you don't know, um, yeah. I'm on Twitch at Real Gavioli. You can find me streaming uh, board games uh, several times a week, uh, usually with my wife Michelle, sometimes with friends or family, and sometimes I do solo stuff as well. <laughs> Check All him right. out, folks. So, he is fantastic. I, I got hooked on Ruel watching him stream live, and that's why I ultimately wanted him to be on my channel, because he's so good. And, I mean, he'll show you off such a great range of games. And it's just fun watching him and his wife tease each other and all that. Yeah, uh, we yeah, have a good yeah. time. Thank you, my friend. Okay, let's move on to my number four. So I'm going a little old school here. This game's been out a little for a little bit now, but a new version has just come okay. out. Uh, my number four is Acroteri. Um, oh, this is, Really? Yeah, so this was out of print for years. I actually got a first edition copy years ago. Very fortunate. A friend was selling uh, selling it off, so I got that one. But now it's back in a second revised edition um, from, I believe, Z-Man Games uh, does it. But I think so, this yeah. Is, yeah, you know, we were just talking about pick up and deliver. This has a little bit of pick up and deliver in it, but it's mainly a tile placement game. Uh, you and your um, opponent, it's a two-player game. And I think this is one of my easily my top five two-player games of all time. Wow. Uh, you are, yes, it is absolutely fantastic. What I love about it is this small box game, but it's got so much brain burn in it for a small box game. Your lane tiles, you have this main island. You're going to slowly but surely uh, build these shipping lanes where you're going to, you know, uh, bring your boats around, collect resources. And the object of the game is to, uh, you want to develop these islands so you can find the, the hidden temples. Uh, and you have map cards. I'm going to show you where the temples are, but what you're trying to do is place the tiles in a way that the temples will show up, right? So mm -hmm. one has to have a certain symbol here in this uh, um, uh, in this uh, portion of the map. Another has to have a, a certain symbol here. And you're trying to manipulate the map and at the same time trying to get resources so you can collect money so you can buy more maps. And you're, it's got this nice little balancing act of when you ship resources... Uh, you're going to, you know, sort of manipulate the market a little bit and oh, I can get more money for this good at this time or I can ship this later. Hopefully the price will be more. Um, I al I'm always impressed by this game. And like it's a 45 minute play time, about 30 to 45 minutes for a two player game. But it's very thinky for what it is. You, you don't ex I, at least I didn't expect it the first couple of times I played it where, OK, it's a tile lane game. Cool. It's got a little pick up deliver. Cool. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh. I need to figure out how I'm going to make these maps work from, or make these uh, 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 islands work for my map so I can discover these uh, temples because it's a race. You need the race to get the first, I think it's uh, reveal six or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, you'll yeah. have points on base of that. But oh, it, it's, I love everything about this game. It, it has a nice blend of mechanisms. It's got a nice little bit of, not, I shouldn't say brain burniness, but maybe uh, a very nice thinkiness to it for what appears to be a lighter game. But it's not. It Don't let. Don't let the small print um, fool you folks. There's a lot of game in this box. This is why it's my number two, Acroteri, or yeah. my number four. You're number four, yes. Yeah, number four, Acroteri. Yes. An excellent choice. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I'm so glad we're not just doing nothing but cults of the new today. We're going uh, into some older classics as well. Here's the deal. Yeah. I do not like pick-up and deliver games at all. Uh, a few years oh, ago... You don't. Uh, no, just not Jens in my jam. Neither of us really dig oh. it. We, we usually find them pretty boring, quite frankly, and drudgery. Okay. 
You know, just gotta walk over here, get the thing. Now I gotta walk over there, get the and deliver the thing. Just never really, very rare. Years ago, I did a top 10 pick up and deliver games, and this ranked very, very high. This is an excellent game. This is a pick up and deliver game for people who hate pick up and deliver because most of the game is about the tiling and, like you were talking about, trying to create those patterns to fulfill Mm -hmm. the the treasure maps for all intents and purposes. Because I got to get all these stuff in these particular spots in this communal world that we're trying to bring. When when you actually start to move around and pick stuff up and move them, you just instantly, it's almost like you teleport. Your ships are super fast. Okay, I'm over here, and next turn, I'm over there. And all of the, uh, okay, another three turns, I'll be in Tallahassee and I'll be able to drop off this wheat or grain or whatever. Um, I I think it's fantastic. You said it's in your your, your top list for uh, two-player games. It would certainly come pretty close to my top for them as well. I have held on to my copy forever. I think it's fantastic and excellent choice. A very, very good call, Akrotary. If people haven't heard of it, it. um, definitely check it out. Now, here's the thing you may not have known. Uh, it was originally designed to be two to four players. Yes. Oh, did you hear about That's this? Right. And you can still play this. it as a four-player game, but you have to buy two yeah. copies. They took it out, though, because the four-player game became an epic experience. It takes yeah. so long. And and Z-Man, I think, rightly decided, you know what? Let's just keep this a tight, compact, fast-playing two-player game. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the right decision as well, because the game, when you play it two players, is, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth, and it is it does have some thickiness to it, but I can see it totally bogging down at three and four players. And I, I think... By keeping it two, they they they, they keep it a, a wonderful two player experience. So that was, that was a good call on their yep. part. But it's good to hear that. I, I really, I'm happy to hear that. Even though you're not a pick up a deliver fan, that this still um, still ranks highly uh, with you. Um, and I think for the reason that you said, it's it's perfect that it's not really a hardcore pickup and deliver game where you're wasting not like wasting her just waiting to like deliver stuff no you're going to instantly deliver stuff because yeah. you can usually get to where you need to go super uh, satisfying game it does so many yeah. things so smart uh, was it designed by Senfun Lung and Jay Cormier Senfun is that Lung right? and Jay Cormier yeah yeah a wonderful design team oh my gosh yes one of the best I mean that design team everything they do is worth checking out and they don't quite get the same attention as a Kramer and a Kiesling or what have you but really phenomenal design duo yeah Accretary, good call. All right, well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Um, for people who were paying attention, I accidentally spilled the beans and showed my number three early, <laughs> which is Savannah Park. I'll put that back on nice. the screen now. And yeah. um, now I'm just going to completely fly in the face of what I said about, hey, not doing all cults of the new stuff. This is brand spanking new. And it's fantastic. And it is from designers Kramer and Kiesling. Um, you know, uh, still... Uh, you know, with good reason, probably the premier design duo in the board game industry. Whenever they work together on something, they are going to produce something incredibly special. And Savannah Park is no exception to that. It is a, what would you call it? Have you played it well? I think you might have. Are you? No, I have not played it yet. I've um, I, we've actually talked about it. I, I think before in a previous episode. Yeah, because I was talking about I it actually, for um, either Gen yeah. Con or Essen. Because it was it was yes. high on my list for those as well. If I'd been at those yeah. conventions, I would have gotten it. I have gotten right. it. Jen and I have played it. It is 
phenomenal. Here's what it is. Uh, basically, everybody gets a board with a whole bunch of tiles with animals all over them. And everybody arranges those tiles completely randomly on their board. So the, the board is full of uh, animals, and then it's also full of blank spaces. And Ruel, when it's your turn, you take any one of the tiles that has yet to be flipped. So any of the, uh, the fresh tiles, you pick it up, you say what animals are on it. You say, okay, I'm using the, um, the one with two elephants and a giraffe. Or or the one with a bat and a mongoose, or whatever it might be. And then everybody finds that same animal tile on their own board, everybody picks it up, and then you flip it to indicate it's been used, and you put it in one of the empty spaces on your board. And that, I just described all the rules for the game. That's almost wow. it. It's wow. that simple. And so I do that. I, you know, I, I move the, the, the elephant giraffe tile. You move yours. And because we had different boards, we're already, right from that first thing, ending up doing different odd things because there are rules. Ideally, we want all the elephants next to the elephants. And we want all the giraffes next to the giraffes. Because at the end of the game, we will score our biggest group of each of the animals. So if I'm going to move that elephant giraffe tile, I need to be thinking, okay, but now that I put this here, I'm going to want to get all the elephants, maybe kind of northeast of it, and all the giraffes southwest of it. But those spaces are all full of a bunch of other animals. So I got to move those other animals out of the way to make room for the giraffes for the to, to try to get that big group of giraffes and elephants. And then there's other stuff as well. Some animals want to be next to trees. Some animals want to be away from fire, as you might imagine. So it's a very puzzly game. But it's basically kind of like... Well, it has kind of a bingo feel, because when it's your turn, you're going to pick one tile, and everybody has to deal with that. And, um, you know, and be, hey, it's perfect for me. I can just put this in position. Baby's like, no, not that one. I have to move that now. I needed that one to not move yet because I was waiting for its space to open up. But now I have to move it now. And okay, I guess I could put it over here. And then maybe I could make a bridge to the rest of it. Um, you know, and uh, there's, uh, you know, some of the tiles have water pools, which are a multiplier value for the big group and all that. It is brilliant. It's a fun, fast playing game. It's got a great presentation. And, um, you know, so I think. It's a good gateway style game. This is a this is one of those family games that gamers are going to really really dig. You know, hardcore gamer geeks because it's very very deep, but it's so incredibly easy to teach and explain and just sit down and play. And uh, and it's also a very fast game too. So if somebody says, "Oh my gosh, I've ruined myself," you can say, "Don't worry, it's only five more minutes." And then we'll see how it works out, and we can try again. And you've learned. Um, yeah, Kramer and Kiesling, they're they're the best in the business for a reason. And this is just another example of them totally knocking it out of the park with my number three, Savannah Park. Yeah, everything you talked about, I, I remember we, we've talked about this before, I am looking forward to uh, getting this to the table. Oh, this... I know it's going to... Yeah, I know this is going to be a big hit with my family. Mm -hmm. Again, Kramer mm -hmm. Kiesling, yeah, and one of those, like you were saying, one of those games like, oh, you're... I really I wish I would have done better, but hey, we got five more minutes, we're done, let's play another a game. I love games like that, and those play well with my family. You know friends. what? If you get a copy of this game, this would be a great Ooh. RVR game. Why not? Yeah, because yeah. it's bingo style. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's that might be it, my friend. Yep. For we folks who don't know, it. Ruel and I, in addition to uh, getting together every week and filming the R and R show where we just talk about games we love, occasionally, very rarely, we get together to try to pummel each other into the dirt um, in the RVR show. Instead, this is something that gets unlocked when we hit certain subscription milestones on the Twitch show. We just hit one, so we were already starting to think about what do we want to play together in January. Oh, I'm thinking Savannah. It might be a time to make a trip to Savannah Park. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna have to go visit Savannah Park. That's yeah, a good, yeah, great yeah. call. Yeah, let's do. Let's make that happen. Okay. All right. So, what's cool. your number two? My number two. Uh, let me update right now. 
My number two is a little mix of uh, old and new, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a new game called Art Deco, but it's been out for a while under the name Promenade. Uh, this is from a, a very prolific designer here, well, back uh, at home in Southern California, Tate Wu. He's done a lot of uh, smaller games. This one, as when I played it as Promenade, was absolutely phenomenal it's a deck building game of um uh in the, set in the art world so you are a art um collector you're collecting all these different paintings and it's a deck building game so what you're doing is you're playing paintings from your hand uh they have different values and what i really like about this game is the paintings that you play the certain type that you play there's different you know um uh, categories of uh, paintings mm -hmm. that you may play those increase in value so the more you play, the more they're going to increase in value, which allows you to for buy every painting. Yes, for ah. everybody. So it's got this really, it's really neat. I, I, I don't think I've seen it in any other deck building game where those cards are being manipulated like that throughout the game. And as you increase your buying power, you can, you know, buy different types of paintings. You have different goals. You know, there's different goals uh, for uh, in every game. They change up. Like maybe you want nature paintings. Maybe you want impressionist or whatever. And what this new version does is mainly uh, it's a different art. So the original designer, Tate Wu, he's also an artist. So he actually did oh, all the art that. in the original version. Yes. But now what they've done is they've got this all-star lineup um, of designers. I think Heather Vaughn is one of them. Quan Chai Moria is one of them. Uh, even some of Tate's originals are still in the game. So you have all these different artists now with the different art. Um, gameplay is pretty much the same. I think they might have uh, changed a thing or two. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe on the player rate it'll say. But, oh, it, it's a fun game. And what, what's great about it, it's a really, really great experience for, like, under an hour it's still mm. it doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome uh, all the times i played this promenade um all the times we played we loved it uh my buddies and i we were like oh this is going to be a game and so i was super excited when tate announced he had gotten picked up by rio grande because i i felt like this game deserved a big deserves a bigger audience and now that it's out as art deco it will get that bigger audience that's why it's my number two game that i would buy right now Art Deco from Tate. Well, you have definitely piqued my interest, especially because I actually have a copy of it in the very next room. And I honestly, oh I didn't know what to make of it. I played one game from Tate Wu many years ago. I don't remember the name of it. It was a uh, it was a, uh, a social deduction game where you're trying to figure out. See, I can't remember the name of it, but it was really. Did they have like chickens or something like that? Or no, I don't. It's, I don't no. think so. Maybe, uh, but I, okay. I was really impressed by that. So I've always been on the lookout for other games from him. And so yeah. when I saw this was coming, uh, I contacted Rio Grande and said, "Yeah, we'll send you out one. We'd love to cover it." So you have. I mean, it was on my list of things to do, but it wasn't ranking very high. You have just pushed it up. Quite Quite a bit higher for yeah, our deck. It's it's a wonderful experience. I think you're I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, deck building game uh, with that market manipulation uh, for the cards. Oh, so so good. Cool. So that's my number two art deco from Tate Wu. Okay. Well, so that was All kind right. of a nice mix. Uh, it was a classic that's just been you know revamped. So revamped. it was yep. cult of new and cult of old. I'm going yeah. pure. I'm ending. Uh, as much as I said, oh, it's great that we talk about older stuff, how about we talk about one of the newest hotnesses that's out right now that absolutely blew both me and Jen away the first time we played it? Corrosion. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I think yes. we talked about this on a previous episode because, again, it was something that was coming um, on uh, you know, probably Essen or something like that. And I had, yep. I had ranked it very, very high as a game I wanted to play, and with good reason, because it does not disappoint. This game is so good. So good, it made my top 10 of the year. I, um, while you were away, I did a top 10. And um, I forget, I think maybe it was my number 7. Was that right? Something uh, like there. And 
It's brilliant. Here's here's the dealio. We are running um, Steam. It's, it's set in a kind of steampunk Victorian era type setting, but that's largely abstracted away. We're just running factories. What do we do with our factories? We make machines. What do the machines do? They generate points. That's all you need to know in terms of the story. But the important, the most important actor in this game is not the players. It's the passage of time itself, because every player has a little time wheel on their board, and when you get a new machine that you're going to start working on. So you can so that you can build this machine so that it will produce a lot of points or a lot of resources or it'll do game-changing effects. You put it on your board and you put it like if I call correctly, everything goes into the third slot of the wheel, which means once that wheel rotates three times, that machine better be built because if it's not, it the the, the steam in the air will make it corrode away to rust. And by the same token, the number one resource you have in this game are these gears, cogs you use to actually build the machines. Your, your, they're your currency, and in this game, your currency will also rust away to nothing. If I make an awesome machine that gives me a lot of currency, I put that on the wheel, and in three rotations of the wheel, all those cogs will just they'll dust away like um, you know Avengers Infinity War, and you'll lose them. So you're constantly fighting against the passage of time because I got to get all this stuff done before the wheel turns and turns them all off. By the same token, though, I want that wheel to turn. Because if my machine is built and ready to go, I need that wheel to get over there to activate the machine that I built and do all the stuff. So you are constantly on the knife's edge trying to get your stuff done in time, trying to get your resources spent before it corrodes away to nothing. And all of this is driven by deck building. This is a deck builder, like your previous one. Uh, you have a deck full of engineers. And by the way, as an aside, um, I think it's awesome that every engineer in this game is a woman. It's just nothing but uh, female engineers, oh. the entire deck. Uh, they never awesome. mention it. It's just the way it is, and I think that's awesome. I absolutely love it. So, but any, every time you play an engineer for for her effect, and you know they're different. Some of them are, have really weak effects. Some of them have really powerful game changing effects. You put them on the wheel as well, because this is not a deck builder where you go through your deck and then you just reshuffle the discard pile and start drawing again. You put them on the board, and until that wheel rotates around to get to them, you can't reclaim. So, you do not want the wheel to rotate because you're afraid of losing all your stuff. But you desperately want the wheel to rotate so you can get your cards back and do all your stuff. And these two things create such an, a wonderful tension. This is an incredibly puzzly game. And there's one other thing. I mean, because there have been other games, you know, famously uh, Zulk in the Mayan Calendar, that really make the passage of time a big part of gameplay. Um, you know, Gutenberg was another game that came out last year that does the same thing with its gear cogs, which is also awesome. But usually these games have the gears moving automatically. You have no control every round. They're just going to move forward, and you're just racing against the clock. In this game, you control the gear. You can stay... No, I am stopping time. I'm going to try and buy myself two more rounds so I can get the last thing, so I can get this built. Because if it moves one more time, I lose everything. So you are the one who chooses to make. And now, if you run out of cards... Because on your turn, you're either going to move the gear, or you're going to play another engineer. If you used up all your engineers, well, then the, the time is moving forward, whether you like it or not, and you better be ready for it. It's a brilliant, wonderful, puzzly wow. game. Um, really, I, it is abstract, but still kind of evocative, that idea that, oh, all the steam in the air, you can just kind of feel it as it's just rusting everything away, and you're racing against the clock to use them before they're ruined. That's uh, my number one game that I would go out and pick up right now. Corrosion. Phew. This this almost made my list. It was oh, right yeah? There. You, you saw it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited about this one. I remember, yeah, I think it was the uh, Essen uh, list that we did where you talked about it, and you totally piqued my interest then, and just uh, hearing the description again, I'm like, I need to play this game. It, it sounds awesome. Okay. But, 
Cool. I love that little touch that you mentioned. I, I had no idea that it was all uh, women uh, representing yes. the game. I think that's a nice touch, and you know, let's see more of that, folks. Yeah, definitely. Why not? I mean, nobody would second-guess it if it was all men, so right. why should it be weird yeah. if it's all women? Let's do it. Yeah. Come on, board game industry. Well yeah. done. Uh, yeah. Right. So that was my number one, and uh, those are ten games that I think... I, I think that, that was a great list of games. Some good some yeah. old stuff, some great old stuff, some great new stuff, and... Mm -hmm. um, Maybe you found something to be interesting to you, and you might want to go check it out on Funding and Games, because if you're watching, you saw big savings on all of those games. And if you are lucky enough to uh, win the contest, you'll have $50 gift certificate to spend. Now, um, in closing, folks, did you, um, uh, did you find the word? The magic word was bat. Did you hear it? And uh, if so, what game was it said in? And, uh, you know, send that to uh, contest at rotto.com. And hopefully, uh, a week from today, or a week from, or whatever, the, the 4th of February, you will be the winner. And maybe you'll be able to put that towards one of those games. I, I stand by all of them. I mean, like I said, I, I, I would have cast an Escance class at Star Realms because it just doesn't work for me. But as soon as you said the magic yeah. co-op word, yeah. you, got, you got me. You pulled me back in. I, I knew right there. That yep. was the that was the word right there. So yeah, folks, whatever game uh, one of us was talking about, we we, we said the magic word bat. Uh, type in the name of the game, uh, contest at rotten.com. You will be entered to win that $50 yep. gift card from Fun Again Games. Details of that are bound in the show notes as well if you have any further questions. Yes. Okay, uh, right. uh, Ro, I am so happy to have you back. It was very, very yeah. sad to go without you last week, but um, we are done. Uh, it's the yeah. end of the year. Uh, next time we get together, it'll be a brand new year. Do you have any uh, closing words of wisdom for the folks out wow. there? Wow. Uh, so this was actually episode 21, I believe. Yes, correct? this is our 21st episode. Show. So we are we are fully legal. We are we passed all the uh, the age requirements. Um, I, I just I, I, so Rel is basically saying he's going to go out and get drunk now. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Let's go have a cocktail now. Um, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's been a fun night. I, we're done, folks. We're going to continue the new year. We have so much. I have such a great time with this. You know, again, you know what's funny? I, I got to share this story real quick. Michelle yeah. and I the other day we started listening to uh, um, Jacob Kohler because of the peppy music that you have in the intro. Mm -hmm. We found his YouTube channel, started listening to this. this guy's a wonderful piano. Oh my gosh, he's so good. He's a great composer yeah. and arranger. For yeah, folks who don't know, if yeah. you're watching this on YouTube, um, if you watch on Twitch the day before when we stream live, we have an eight-minute countdown waiting for people to show up so they can watch all of our behind-the-scenes shenanigans trying to put on the show, and we do other, all kinds of other things. And the intro music is from Jacob Kohler, who is my favorite piano player now. Uh, um, yeah. There's a link for him down yeah. in the show notes, too. I'll put that down there if people would like to go check out his YouTube channel because you'll be in for a treat. Just wonderful. Yeah, is, just endless amounts wonderful. of wonderful music. Yeah. Yeah, he is wonderful. Uh, as far as words of wisdom, I don't have any except uh, if I just want to remind folks, you know, be safe out there, uh, be kind to each other, and uh, thank you all for your support. Um, we really appreciate where we're enjoying doing this show. We're going to enjoy doing it next year as well. So uh, thank you. And thank you, uh, Rado, my friend, um, for your patience as I, I'm on the mend and getting better. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I love doing this show. It's always a pleasure to, um, you know, talk to you about games and, and so forth. And even though we don't argue too much, I, I like the fact that we can find things to argue about anyways, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. 
Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it was great to have you. I'm looking forward to a new year, and here's to another 21 episodes. Um, yes. Although, in the meantime, folks, uh, again, if you go to twitch.com or switch.com slash Rotto Runs Through, uh, normally it's just every week we do this show. This Friday, the 31st of December, I will be getting on flying solo and doing a countdown of my most anticipated games for 2022. If you can't catch it live, that will go up live on January 1st, on New Year's Day. So you can look forward to that for me, I'm sure. Again, follow the links down in the show notes to Ruel. You can find, he's got a YouTube page where he's got an archive of all his old plays he's done with his wife and his daughter and his friends and all that. Um, but definitely subscribe to him on Twitter. Which you do not want to miss when he gets on in the evening and him and Michelle just start going at it. It's a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to you. Come on by, folks. Uh, we have a good time with it. And, um, you know, it's all about the games. We, we really enjoy it, and we enjoy connecting with you all out there as yeah. well. And, uh, again, be safe out there, especially with the new year coming up. You know, it gets a little crazy out there, but because we want to see you all in 2022 uh, for more board games and more here at Rotto Runs Through. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, then, I'm going to say thanks for watching, everybody. If anybody can figure out, show us that picture one more time. That weird, creepy picture. If anybody can figure out what that is, and you can post it down in the comments, much appreciated. But otherwise, I'm going to say thanks to everybody for watching. Thanks to Ruel for being the best co-host ever. And thanks to our sponsor, Fun Again Games. Uh, have a very nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye